This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. Join us today as we talk about sketching. This is the Life of an Architect podcast, and I'm one of your hosts, Bob Borson. I'm Landon Williams. And together, we're going to be talking about sketching and all that entails in a modern-day architectural office. But I have to point something out. We're changing something up already in this our third episode. Landon knows what it is, but he's trying to think out what I'm going to say. <laughs> what am, I, am I missing it? It's, it's that secretive. Not even I know what it is. You should. Where are we right now? Oh, yeah. We're in your house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, Landon and I, we work in a real office. We have real jobs. And normally, our office, we work from 8 to 6, you know, mm-hmm. our posted hours are 8 to 6, Monday through Thursday, 8 to noon on Friday. And normally, everybody clears out of the office. So that gives us an opportunity to have the place to ourselves when we want to record these episodes. Yeah, not embarrass ourselves. Yeah, and, and that. <laughs> In the recording process. That's right. And so today, there's people that actually have work to do. So they're up there working, and so we had to find some other place to do the recording. Yeah. So we're sitting. Sitting in a lovely den. In my Yeah. It's great. You know? It is we, a uh, den. We actually have a nice view. It's a good view out to the front yard. Yeah. See through the whole house. The bar's right there. Yeah, with bar. The, conveniently located. I see why you wanted to record in this room. Necessarily located. <laughs> Um, but my daughter's in the next room. I had to tell her to don't make any noise. <laughs> Not play any loud video games. And my two dogs are right here. And I'm hoping that they're yeah. going to be a, a cooperative. I think they want to be on the podcast. They keep scratching. They're like, let me in. Let well, me they, the see, podcast. they see us. Yeah. And they're like, we want to be where you are. <laughs> so, all right. So things are going to be a little bit different today. We hope that that works out. So appreciate you bearing with us today. We're going to talk about sketching. Why sketch? It's kind of the architect's prerogative, right? I mean, when people think about who we are and what we do, they are predisposed to think about pen and paper and architects Mm -hmm. sketching. I mean, that's what you see in, in, like, nobody sees those uh, PowerPoint presentation stock photos. (laughs) Yeah, Comic Sans all over the place. Yeah. Well, normally they show, if somebody wants to be an architect, they have to wear a hard hat or point at blueprints or Mm -hmm. they show them sketching. Yeah. Yep. Right. And we know the first two are not architects. So we'll focus yeah. on the sketching one. So everyone thinks we sketch, but I'm here to tell you the reality is is that it doesn't seem like many people sketch anymore. Dying art almost. So I still sketch, but it's used as a tool for the most part. So let me ask you this. You're twenty five years old, two years removed from school. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you were unique in the fact that you sketched? There were a lot of people, like, at least from my graduating class, not a lot. Okay. So a small portion, so maybe a quarter of the class, made sure they did some sort of hand drawings um, through their design process. And that's just, I think that was the nature of the school. Um, but was it organic or was it something they felt they needed to provide as part of the, like, well, I, I'm going to I'm gonna present my, my mm-hmm. design yeah. and I need to have some sketches up here? Or was it just that's the natural order of things and when it came time to solve a problem or to... Yeah, it was the medium they chose because it expressed what they were trying to do more clearly than, you know, computerized sort of media. Yeah. Well, over the years, I mean, 
I'd say if this was not the number one, this is probably the number two, number two question I get asked the most often. Mm-hmm. The first most often being, I'm no good at math. Can I still be an architect? <laughs> and the second one is, I can't sketch. Can I yeah. still be an architect? And my response is always, of course you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sketching is a tool that all architects, I believe, need to have in their skill set. It's it's a critical tool. It's a, it's it's a direct connection between what we're thinking and how we can communicate. And we don't have as many moving parts between us and a delivered product if we were, say, on a draft an idea. On yeah, you AutoCAD. can you can certainly use a computer as a communication tool, but it's a matter of delivery of that communication in a timely manner, but also more loose manner where things where ideas are loose. Your drawing is loose. It's not a product out of Revit or you know. AutoCAD or anything like that. Or ARCHICAD. Or ARCHICAD, I suppose, <laughs> if you fall into that category. Well, I'm here to definitively tell you that sketching is not a, it's not a gift. It's, no, it's yeah. not that people can either do it or you can't do it. Yeah, you're not born out of the womb, Michelangelo. No, it is a skill that you learn. You can take classes, you can learn techniques, you can practice, and you can get better. And it can become a very effective way for you to communicate your ideas to any number of different user groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, I'll tell you, I get a lot of compliments on my, on my sketches, which I can't tell you to no end how much that amuses me. <laughs> it makes, it actually makes me feel great because I've never in my life thought that I was good at sketching. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things I should clarify is that now with devices and platforms like Instagram, I follow loads of people who sketch and post yeah. their sketches. And I look at those people and I go, wow. Insane skills. <laughs> They're really, really good. Yeah. And you can tell that they put a lot of time into it. This is something that they work at. They do it every single day. Uh, I sketch every single day, but my sketches are not pretty pictures. Meaning, mm-hmm. and I don't mean... Cause I think they're concise communication tools. Yeah, I, I don't sketch perspectives. I don't try to convey mood and light quality in my mm-hmm. sketches. I sketch shape and volume, mass and size and adjacency and relationships and composition, you know, yeah. how things get connected together. That's one of the things that I look at uh, when I try to sketch. And I will tell you, just to get it out of the way, I wrote a post on this a while ago. Um, like, if you want to sketch like I do, Mm-hmm. This was actually taught to me by a friend like a long, long time ago, a guy named Jonathan Cathal. Um, he he sat down, and I, I thought this guy was like the coolest guy I'd ever met. <laughs> he was stylish. He was a fantastic designer. Did he surf? You know what? I don't. If, if he didn't, it wasn't because he couldn't. <laughs> he was holding that until later, until he became best of friends. I honestly believe that the first time he got on a surfboard he would ride a curl. <laughs> nice. I mean, he would he'd be perfect <laughs> and he'd get out and his hair wouldn't even be wet. Wow. Yeah. So he sat down and he could sketch better than any person I ever knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, just really, really talented. And he said, well, let me show you some things that'll, that'll help you. And he gave me really about three or four tips, which he'd be the first one to tell you that these are not his, that mm-hmm. another guy taught him how to do it. And he's in a sense, just kind of paying it forward. So I wrote an article about this on the site, and it goes into more detail. And I'll put a link in the show notes if if people want to find it. But the short version is, is the first was called the hit-go-hit. And it was the idea that when you draw a straight line, because everything in your body pivots, because it's connected like your shoulder bones connected to your 
upper arm bone. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, that song. You know, your upper arm bones connected to your lower <laughs> arm bone. Oh. I didn't go to medical school. I didn't, I didn't hear that one. <laughs> <laughs> because everything pivots, uh, it's hard to draw straight lines. Mm-hmm. Right? So the hit-go-hit is a, is a practice where you draw a straight line until your arm's about to start pivoting, and you pick your pen up, set it back down, and then continue drawing. So you're doing actually a series of lines in a row to get a long line rather than like if I had to draw a 10-inch line, I don't draw mm-hmm. one 10-inch line. It's like two or three or four yeah. smaller oh, lines, yeah. right? Yep. Uh, the other technique was don't bend your wrist. And that kind of is really related to the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, don't... It's, you can only draw a so straight of a line with the arc of your wrist versus the arc of your shoulder or the arc of your elbow. Exactly right. And it's amazing what a difference a straight line looks in a sketch than one that's slightly, you know, arced, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, the use of pen weights. Now, this is a really big deal to me. And if anybody has been reading the site over the last nine years, I always use pen weight. I have at the ready a dozen pens, and they all have different pen weights to them. And I do profile lines, and I do mm-hmm. thin interior lines, and I put my hatches at a different pen weight. And it makes the drawings look architectural. Yeah. Do you have like a dozen, two dozen pens, or do you have five or six that you use for certain things i have five or six dozen pens but it's really yeah. only about three yeah yeah <laughs> you have the ones that pens. get all, all the use in on. yeah and, you know and i'll tell you the i use sharpie pens mm-hmm. they're my my preferred pen even though there's other ones that i really like but my kind of go-to uh are the sharpies and they have what's the ultra fine which mm-hmm. is kind of regular I don't yeah. know. It makes it ultra fine. It's just kind of standard, and then the fine is super fat. I don't know. There's nothing fine <laughs> about it. It's really misleading. So I'll actually put some links to those online too, so you can see the ones I'm talking about. But there are other pens I use. I use some Uniball roller pens. Mm-hmm. I don't like ballpoint pens. It's like trying to draw with a needle. Yeah, or yeah. like a feather that I've dipped in ink. <laughs> so the need for sketching. I feel fairly strongly about this. Mm-hmm. And I know that when resumes come across my desk or if I look at portfolios, um, what people think, we should do a podcast really on resumes because I've got a lot of hot opinions about it. But what most people think people like me would be looking at, and by me, I mean potential employers, not stylish 50-year-old men. Ooh, suave. <laughs> Is that I look at... um things that convey to me how you think, how you process information, how you communicate those ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking to see if your bedroom is actually the proper size or its adjacency to the closet is next to the bathroom and whether or not you have to walk through your closet to get to the, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. care about that stuff. You don't want the bubble diagram person? I don't need, I don't need that. But I will say that some of the things that you can learn the most about from somebody is if they include sketches as part of their their portfolio and it mm-hmm. shows you how they think and how they process information and how they try to communicate that information to people like me that, I mean, I haven't been working with them for a semester and I don't understand their project intimately, mm-hmm. but I can look at their sketch and I can see what they value and what was important to them. And so I think it's, it's an important process. And I think that and I strongly believe this, that whenever I've sat down with clients and in real time, I'm able to, like incorporate our conversation into Mm -hmm. a graphic medium right then and there, the impact is pretty powerful. Yeah. You haven't had that experience so much yet. 
Not yeah, not to that extent. Or I haven't had as many opportunities, I suppose, yet. But I think hopefully I, I, I have the skills already built in place where I'm able to, you know, sketch those little things out here and there. And sometimes it's just those little ideas that you just iterate right there in a meeting rather than taking a week and a half to develop a bunch and then, then present them as a set to a client. I'll tell people that mm-hmm. they're they're not art. I do think that the sketches I make, regardless of how I feel about them, I do think that there's a level of artistic license and, and there's some creativity that's demonstrated in both the content that's being displayed and the manner in which I'm displaying it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about where my sketch is sitting on the piece of paper when I draw it. It's yeah. not, it's yeah. not just like jammed up in the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of it. But um, I don't think that 95% of the stuff that I draw that has real value as part of the creative process is art. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, there's people listening to this right now that want to push me off a cliff for saying that they will violently. <laughs> and in this case, frame all of your doodles. Yeah. I mean, it. Oh. they go, it is art. Yeah. And I go, it's not art. It's artistic. And it has a, an objective. And the objective is to convey a thought or an idea or to record a moment or a process and then move that down the line. Once it's served its purpose, I throw these away. Mm-hmm. Do you keep sketches? No, I I might keep a few sort of as a marker in the process, like as we're designing things. I keep some as a, you know, I'm almost like a milestone sketch. Like this is when this happened and this was the beginning of this idea. But otherwise, a lot of them are just in a notepad and are just on like ruled paper. So it's just sort of thrown <gasps> away at the end. Ruled paper. Yeah, ruled. I know. That so you really... can write notes right next to it, you know. It's real convenient. I think I just died a little bit right there. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, purpose of the ruled paper is mostly for, I mean, it's right next to my phone, so I'm taking notes from It's for calls. third graders to write letters to Santa Claus. <laughs> that's what ruled paper is for. Yeah. It's paper and I have a pen. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah. We'll travel. Okay. So do you think that there's a need for sketching in the creative process? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a, and it's just part of a communication process. It serves a purpose in terms of, I mean, we're visually describing things, so why not have a skill set that allows you to immediately, you know, lay out what you're talking about in terms of visual appearance or how things should be thrown together or how they should lay out elevations, sections. Okay, so that kind of suggests that there's different types of sketches, mm-hmm. right? There's sketches to communicate to a client. There's sketches to communicate to a contractor. Yeah. There's sketches oh, yeah. to communicate to your coworkers. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, there's it's there's a mentality that starts to exist. And I thought this is kind of funny. I mean, I really felt stupid, but this might have been four or five years ago in the office. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about donuts. Donuts. <laughs> and the conversation was how Michael in the office really likes these cake donuts. Okay. And one of the employees at the time goes, I don't know what a cake donut is. And so we're trying to describe this cake donut. And I said, I I literally pulled out (laughs) my pen and a piece of trace paper and I started to draw it. And I was like, here's what a cake donut is. An old fashioned cake donut. Here's what this is. Yeah. And as I started to draw it, he kind of goes, or we could look it up on the internet, <laughs> which is a lot easier. Yeah. I'll tell you, because drawing an old-fashioned cake donut is not easy. Yeah, there's a lot of little ridges and I mean flares and things. I didn't do it justice. 
If that's what cake donuts were, the thing I drew. <laughs> They'd look like a blown out tire. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would ever eat them. That's for sure. All right. So architects communicating through drawings. So Michael Malone in our office, the big guy, he sketches all the time, mm-hmm. right? He's got sketchbooks. I mean, lining the shelves in his workspace that document literally tens of thousands of ideas for all the projects he's worked on Mm -hmm. over the last four decades. And his pictures are primarily kind of reflect the how and not the why, right? He draws pictures of spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, So does it capture more perspective, perception of space? Yeah, I mean... And and if you look at my sketches, they're about this connects to that and this window proportion should be this long and this high off the ground. And, you know, they're 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 different. They're more process oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, and Michael said something to me once that I don't think it really does him justice in the way that he creates his sketches. But he told me that his sketches create problems where my sketches solve them. Create problems. Yeah, because his sketches don't actually tell you how to do anything. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a pen on paper representation of a of an ethereal product. Mm-hmm. Right, mine is a drawing of a piece of wood <laughs> attached yeah. to another piece of wood with some brick on it, mm-hmm. and and you know, and how big does it need to be so that the brick coursing can not have to be chopped off? Or yeah, I think there's a place for both. I think they're both. They're both communication tools, but I think different kinds of communication where his are, you know, spatial kind of things and yours are solving a direct problem or, you know, figuring out how the thing gets done. Well, I don't know if you'd notice this. I mean, you should because you sit next to me and we've Mm -hmm. worked intimately together for the last two years. I don't think that I ever sit down and have a conversation where sketching is not part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Like every meeting I think that you and I have had, and this is true with all the people. So one of my roles in the office is I kind of float to every person in the office and say, what are you doing? What are you working on? How can I help? Are you having any problems? Mm-hmm. And as we work through ideas like how do I make this happen or, or who should I call or how should I pay attention to this or you know, how do I coordinate these trades together? I almost always, even if the answer is simple and straightforward, I usually have some kind of sketch that helps articulate what i'm trying to say yeah oh yeah verbally mm-hmm. it's like i don't know how to talk which this is a bad medium for <laughs> yeah why do we do podcasts again let's go back to the blog <laughs> i know at least it's a you know i did get a lot of comments from people who said why would an architect ever do a podcast yeah it's a visual medium it's also i think that's actually that's a part of uh to talk about school again i think a big thing i learned in school is not only visual communication but you know, explaining your ideas. You're not drawing something and then letting other people explain um, or try to interpret what you're doing, but rather you're communicating your thoughts into what you've done visually. Well, you need to be able to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and there's there's that's a skill set just like sketching is a skill set. Mm-hmm. And I know I know lots of people from my time in school and as I've watched their career advance, they were fantastic designers. Yeah. Great at at creating drawings but they couldn't talk to other human beings right i mean it was it was something that was a hurdle that they never really seemed to be able to cross Mm -hmm. and it it really shaped their career moving forward and it kind of said all right this is the type of firm you're going to work in yeah this is the size firm that you're going to you know it has to be big enough to allow you to have that niche category yeah this kind of particular skill set 
but not require you to actually stand up in front of somebody and explain what you've just delineated on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a skill set to communicating verbally, just as there's a skill set to communicating something graphically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, I think this podcast is a good reflection of, oh, I hope it, it continues to evolve into a good reflection of the, of the, of verbally communicating mm-hmm. the value of what it is we do while supporting it with blog posts that talk about. Yeah. I still think section. there's uh topics that are visually heavy, which naturally become a blog post rather than, you know, podcast. Well, the, you know, there's show notes. Mm-hmm. So that like the show notes for this particular yeah, supplement. post, yep. yeah. it's going to be full of sketchbook images. It's going to have links to apps. It's going to have links to tools that we use and paper mm-hmm. and pens and books that we like. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a blog post. It just yeah. happens to have a 45-minute chat at the front of it <laughs> that allows people to join in the conversation as if they were leaning against the water cooler with us. Mm-hmm. Right. So should we get on the topic of uh, digital versus analog? That's a hot one. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I wonder if we're actually, um, when we decided that we were going to talk about sketching Yeah. and we had... So Landon and I, we drove down to to our project out of town. We spent nine hours in the car yesterday. Nine wonderful hours. It was it was nine wonderful hours. (laughs) Look, I have to drive. I did doze off there at the end. I'll let you know. You were texting your girlfriend for half of that ride. That's when I was dozing off. (laughs) (laughs) So we spent a big chunk of that time talking about what we were going to talk about when we recorded this episode. You know, we're trying to. We're trying to make this a little bit more pro. <laughs> Bring it up a notch. So we, we worked through show notes and the idea of here are the things we need to talk about. And here's the feedback I received from people on the site and people who made comments on Instagram posts mm-hmm. that I put in. What do they want to know? What are they interested in? You know, and can we put this in some sort of logical order that makes sense and has the right kind of flow to it? Yeah. Right. So we talked about this uh, to a good length. And I, it's the first time that I thought, Man, it's almost like we need a guest to cover the digital side of sketching because mm-hmm. I don't use digi- any digital technology. I'm a dinosaur when it comes to sketching. Yeah, I think I've kind of like a miniature dinosaur. I haven't really, <laughs> I haven't done the whole digital switch. I was thinking I did some research, you know, and and there's going to be a bunch of people that are probably going to get their feelings hurt because they do. They contact me and they go, mm-hmm. hey, I have this really great app that it's really made for architects. It allows them to sketch on their iPad or, you know, some other tablet software. Mm-hmm. And they said, here's a link. You can use it for free. Test it out if you like it. Maybe you can talk about it. Yeah. You know, and uh, if that's happened to me 20 times, maybe I've looked at that piece of software once. Mm. And it was such a pain like, um, hit this button, swipe this down, choose that tip, rotate to get the color. The brush is too fat. You know, I, I, I don't, I can just grab this pen right here on this yeah. and just do this. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I struggle with when it comes to the digital side of sketching is storing it. Now, I don't know if it's just me. I assume that a big part of this is me, but I'm sure other people fall into the same kind of circumstances that I have is I have like five computers Mm -hmm. and I have hard drives coming out my ears. Yeah. 
I have so much information and it's everywhere. And despite my best efforts to keep track of everything, I can't. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think if all of a sudden I turned all my sketches into digital files, oh my gosh, I couldn't keep track of them. I wouldn't know where stuff was. And that's a big reason too. I kind of go, I don't use it because I like the, I like having the piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And you can also throw it away at the end. You're not having to delete it manually come back and delete it (laughs) yeah that's not a good reason people are going to say deleting something's a lot easier than throwing (laughs) something that's true even though it's probably more fun to wad up a drawing and throw it yeah nba style anger out anger yeah i was angry at my drawings i'm never angry i love them yeah i wad them up i give them a kiss send them on their way (laughs) no don't be gross oh i just throw them okay Gently, NBA uh, style. At other people's trash cans? Five point, yeah, I don't throw stuff <laughs> in my head. His trash can is constantly empty. A recycling bin, I should say. Yeah. I uh, I use everyone else's trash can. It's a true story. It is a true story. You know what? And no one's ever said anything to me until right now. <laughs> and I wondered, and actually, you know who I think has it worse? Who's so, that? So, two of the other people in the office, Nick and Danielle, mm-hmm. they sit by each other. And their trash can sits in, sits like out. Like yeah, share bad it. idea. I it's, shoot mine under the desk. It's, yeah, it's not under the desk. It's sitting out. And so there's sitting out. So every time I, I'm weird this way. So whenever I use the restroom, I'm, I like, I wash my hands. I'm that guy. I'm going to wash my hands. I, I hope everyone's that guy. And so I dry my hands with the paper towel. Mm-hmm. And then I, even though I know everybody in the office, <laughs> I don't, I use the paper towel to open the doorknob and I finish drying my hands as I walk back to my desk. <laughs> And I throw my towels uh-huh. in Nick and Danielle's trash. Can. Really? <laughs> Every single time. Man. <laughs> they never they never said anything. They don't to say anything. It. Yeah. They just accept it. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back into the digital versus analog. Mm-hmm. Okay, we both acknowledge that we're not really the right people to talk about the digital side of it. Yeah. Or like specific be very we can't be very specific, I suppose. Like I can't give you an like I've used this tablet or this graphics tablet to draw on this pen that goes along with it. It's perfect for drawing watercolor digitally or anything like that. And I don't have a wide a list of, of examples I can use, but I have mm-hmm. a friend of mine, Laura. She does a lot of digital sketches. She does these yeah. ARE study guide books. Okay. And she digitally sketches all the diagrams she uses when she creates these books. Mm-hmm. And she uses an app called Paper paper okay which is ironic right yeah because it's not (laughs) just accept that you're digital (laughs) it should be called digital yeah and um and i know she likes it because she's dedicated a lot of time to creating these graphics using that platform Mm -hmm. um i look at it and i can see that it works really well for her Mm -hmm. i can tell you i would not want to use it yeah does she use her like iPad or other tablet, like a Microsoft. Yeah, I think tablet. she uses a tablet. I I want to. I can't say with certainty. I know I've watched like a video of her creating something like once. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and she's not local, so it's not like we hang out. Yeah, you know when she does this, she she's one of these alpha personalities that is working all the time. Mm-hmm. When she's not working, she's working, thinking about working. Her hobby of work to get away <laughs> from working is more work. Yeah, and so so I know she probably does most of these sketches. Yeah. Like at 3 a.m. in the morning after she's finished her 11th job, you know, kind of thing. But I also have another friend of mine who uses one of those giant Microsoft Surface tablets. Mm-hmm. 
Not not like the one that's 15 inches, but the one that's like two feet. Okay. It's huge. Like an animator or specifically an architecture? No, he's an architect. Yeah, okay. He loves it. Okay. He thinks it's the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And I I can't say that I've ever seen his sketches. I don't I don't know that he's any good at sketching. Yeah. Um, but he's I know he's a he's a talented guy, mm-hmm. and I know that this is all he does. So I feel he's probably good enough and effective communicator with his sketching to make it work. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the key. If he's you know, I could see it using if you're tied in digitally, like you get say you get a uh, you know red lines in from a contractor or something. And you just need to mark it up pretty quick, you know, do little sketches here and there. You don't want to have to print it out, scan in your red lines. You can just take it on a giant tablet and draw out what you're talking about and send it back to him. Well, I, I know that, that I know that's part of the way he uses it. So. Yeah, yeah. But he'll he'll do design red lines on mm-hmm. top of PDFs. Okay. As part of what he'll do. So he'll use it to mark up design PDFs for his staff. Mm-hmm. But it, it also allows him to. And I might be speaking out of turn, but he'll take a drawing and he'll pull in photos and he'll create these montages on this giant platform and then output it as a single graphic that they pin up Mm -hmm. when they do client presentations. Okay. Right. So it's not like it doesn't use five layers of technology to bring photos and sketches and PDFs together. He kind of has one platform that allows it all to be dragged in, exported out as a single document. Hmm. So digital technology is something that I do wish that I knew a little bit more about. I think that mm-hmm. there's something there that I'm missing out on. I will freely and readily acknowledge this. Yeah. But I'm not sure I have the bandwidth to take it on and to change 25 years of what I've done where I finally feel like I've settled into a groove into something <laughs> that works for me. Yeah. You've got tools that work currently in I think I think it's still you know an effective communication tool, which is what it boils down to. Yeah, well, I mean, idea. I'm not technology averse. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking. It's just at in that the... specific manner of sketching out digitally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look what I'm surrounded by right now. I mean, I have <laughs> enough cables to hardwire a small nation. Wow, that's true. Yes. Buttons and knobs, and there's lights flashing everywhere. <laughs> I'm gonna stroke out. So let's talk a little bit about the materials that people use. We kind of mm-hmm. introduced it as a as a thing when talking about digital platforms, yeah. which I don't use. So, so in in our office, if I just like do a, a scan, I generally use sharpie pens and white sketch paper. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, I know, uses a lot of different tablets. He uses like those really gargantuan tablets. They're like fifteen or seventeen inches. They're huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also uses those leather-bound kind of portfolio binders yeah, um, to take meeting notes in, and he'll do sketches in them. And he actually he actually tapes in stuff within them. Yeah, so, oh, yeah kind of like a collage or almost like a scrapbook. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because – and I'll, I'll put some pictures of this in the, in the show notes. So on one page, you'll look, and it'll be like airline tickets. Like what he'll do is he'll tape that stuff down mm-hmm. when the page is still blank. Yeah. Like at some point. And then when he gets that page in the course of writing notes or whatever, he then writes his notes around that stuff. And the things on that page that he's taped down frequently have nothing to do with the notes that are on that page. (laughs) They're just there. Yeah. So it's kind of like around this time I flew to New York City. Yeah. You know, and while I was there, I talked to this client and these are the notes from that phone call. Mm -hmm. They have nothing to do with my ticket to the Guggenheim Museum or 
my bus ticket that I took, yeah, you know, that I have or whatever. But I did take some pictures. <laughs> this is really funny. So I'm flipping, and he's really nice about it. I, I mentioned that we were going to talk about this, and I said, hey, can mm-hmm. I use, because I don't know anybody personally who's as methodical and diligent as to drawing and note-taking in a consistent manner and format. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, he's got it for 30 years, yeah. 40 years. It's, yep. it's really pretty cool. It's the type of thing when you see, you go, that's why you do this, even if you're bad at it, because it's still cool to see. Oh, yeah. It's really these neat things. So I grabbed a couple off the shelves, and he was really nice. And I told him what I was doing. He said, yeah, help yourself. He didn't care what I took. So I go back by my desk and I open it up and I'm taking some pictures. And I flip the page and there's like stickers from like a couple pairs of jeans that he bought. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's like these Wranglers, size 36, 59. So, you know, <laughs> he's really, t- he's like 6'8". He's a tall guy, but he's he's pretty thin. Mm-hmm. And I go, he actually kept the, the stickers from Jean his stickers. jeans. That's interesting. And I know if I asked him, he'd probably like go... Well, these ones fit really well, so I wanted to remember, remember what they were yeah, or something. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's how you go back to your sketchbooks to find your pant size. <laughs> like you're going to have that on you when you're at the Gap. <laughs> right. That's ridiculous. Probably would, you know. I wouldn't. No. And his are huge. You know, and the other thing that Michael does that I don't know anyone else is like this. So so he will use these sketchbooks, and he, he has them with him all the time. Mm-hmm. And... He'll go home and he'll sketch at nights and weekends. You know, he's got kids. You know, now his kids are all growing up and everyone's left the house except for one. He's only got one child who still lives at home. But it used to be that he and his, the the two that were still in the house mm-hmm. and his wife, they'd watch movies or whatever. And I'm thinking Michael's not really watching the movie as much as he <laughs> is kind of doodling in his sketchbook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he'll come up with these ideas and he'll bring them back in the office. And he'll have somebody scan him in and say, hey, here's the idea I had for the breakfast room at the such and such house. Mm -hmm. And he'll give that to one of the employees and they'll have to interpret the sketch and turn that into, you know, CAD files, CAD drawings of the plan. And here's the modifications and here's the space and these windows are going to let this light in from the, you know, from the east in this manner, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. So he's got all that stuff. I don't know anyone else who uses sketchbooks like that, like him. Um, I don't, I have like 500 sketchbooks. Do you want one? They're all blank. <laughs> I get them as gifts. Ready to go. I bet. So my, my mother-in-law is, she's very nicest woman on the planet. Mm. I'll stack her up against any other mother-in-law anywhere. She'll take on your mother-in-law. And she'll win. 1v1. She will win. <laughs> she's literally the nicest woman I've ever met. Um, and so every Christmas, she gives me tons of. That's not why she's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not because she gives me lots of presents. She's just thoughtful in that way. Yeah. So almost as a default every year, she will give me some of these Moleskine sketchbooks. Mm-hmm. And there's these ones called the Kaher, and I might not be pronouncing Kaher, that. Okay. It's like C A. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. And they're they're not fussy sketchbooks. They're mm-hmm. paper. They're paper. Like the cover of them's paper, because I really, I lock down trying to do a sketch in a really nice book because I go, what if it sucks? <laughs> and then it's recorded. This terrible sketch is in this yeah. book forever. Yeah. And I there's a permanence that I'm not interested in with a lot of my sketches. Now, maybe if they were these beautiful pieces of art, like Michael literally has art inside. He'll go to museums and he will recreate and Sharpie and Prismacolor <laughs> these amazing paintings that artists mm-hmm. have done. And they're beautiful. I don't have anything anywhere close to that. Right. But he does. 
and it makes sense that he would want to record that stuff because where else would you want to put it? And you certainly wouldn't mm-hmm. throw them away. Yeah. I don't have that. So literally in my closet back in my bedroom, I probably have 20, 30 of these sketchbooks, you know, and he got me, and I don't know if he just got it for Audrey, the other partner and myself for Christmas. Did a little you, thick notebook. Did you get one? Yeah, I got one. It's almost like a Bible, but yeah. filled with gold laced on the edge. It's gold. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's. I haven't. I have. I've written my name in it, and like a contact, and that's it. <laughs> Reward. In case, please call if found. I actually, it's funny. In all my uh, sketchbooks, you know, the first thing you do is put your name and then some sort of contact if you lose it. Mine below that says "Reward." High five. You're never gonna yeah. get that back. I know, right? <laughs> I think I wrote that in one, and the reward was untold riches. Ooh, see, that's I that's enticing. I couldn't tell him what it is. That's what it was. I did have a sketchbook of mine stolen when I was. So I went to school in Europe for a semester mm-hmm. and a half. It was kind of like the summer and then the fall semester. Yeah, and uh, part of our grade was we had to do sketches, yep. you know, and we had to turn these sketchbooks in when we got mm-hmm. back. As part of our grade, yeah, for you know, that's that fall semester, and about a month and a half in, I set my sketchbook down, and I was standing there taking pictures, and I reached back down to grab my sketchbook, and it was gone. Really? Yeah, I I felt terrible. Yeah. One, I was like, I really thought I was making some progress. This was back <laughs> when I really was brutally terrible at sketching yeah see i think it's flattering someone you know stole your sketchbook it wasn't open they didn't see the sketches (laughs) (laughs) there's amazing sketches there's like oh my god i get that guy's really good yeah i'm sure they like i should have just gone and looked in like the closest trash can (laughs) because that's probably as soon as that person (laughs) opened it up they're like this is terrible or at least they ripped out the sketches because there's like half of the tablet was still okay full of blank pages yeah you know i don't know but it really bothered me uh, that somebody stole my sketchbook. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a piece of you in a way. And they I had did, a bunch of little. They didn't call for the untold riches. <laughs> they uh, our travel sketchbooks. I kept mine in a bunch of like little sketchbooks, so I kind of divvied it up. So if I wasn't losing a giant sketchbook of all the travel, this was the same kind of thing. I get graded on these sketches that I was making, going around, the awesome photos and stuff. But so if I lost a sketchbook, I was only losing you know three weeks of stuff you're the most luckily. put together person i've ever met in my yeah. life i don't know if it was intentional but i you know I just you should these definitely pretend it was intentional <laughs> yeah i pretend i know what i'm doing most, well most times know, it's working um so you know i use there are some people i know who collect lots of pens mm-hmm. uh, i'm left-handed so i never could kind of get into the fountain pen yeah thing you know because you're left-handed you tend to drag your hand through the oh yeah yeah i never think about that poor left-handed people i don't feel bad for us we're cooler than everybody else sad existence it's definitely not sad was it embarrassing when you had to like write the answer on the chalkboard and you just smeared your answer everywhere no left-handed people learn to adapt Uh, adapt and overcome yeah like i don't drag my hand through my (laughs) through my stuff anymore so do you have sketchbooks I, i mean i you have three ring binders Three ring binder. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at your three ring binder right oh, now. Oh yeah, this is like a this is like a note taking. This isn't a sketchbook. You sketched in that two podcasts ago. Oh yeah, you're right. I did. <laughs> yeah, so it's a primarily a notebook, but I also sketch if it's secondary to whatever I'm writing. I do have sketchbooks that are separate, but I don't really have any at work. I guess I just I have them on the side, like 
the other day I was trying to I was trying to make some uh, Adirondack chair, like a very modern one. So I was kind of sketching ideas, but then I sort of uh, didn't go anywhere with that. So I have a sketchbook that is slowly building things. So do you have sketchbooks, like books, or do you have one that whenever you feel like you get a wild hair, you draw on it? Because most stuff you draw on is on sketch paper. Like the active, like you yeah. don't use a sketchbook at the office. You use sketch paper. Yeah, I usually trace paper or something on top of an existing drawing or um, or it's in a notebook of some sort. But yeah, I don't, I don't have one. Kind of like you, I have a bunch of empty sketchbooks. I'd say half my sketchbooks are kind of empty. Um, but I have some from a lot of from schoolwork. I have a bunch of sketchbooks, and then I have one that's sort of in process. Where the last time I sketched it was probably a few weeks ago, those which ad, is sad. Those Adirondack chairs. Yeah, that was probably the last, I think that was the last thing in my. Or I sketched something for like AIA Dallas, or yeah, I was doing a drawing for them. That's probably the last thing. Yeah, didn't they use one of your sketches for a mm-hmm. poster or something? Yeah, one of the architecture on taps. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry, it was the. Uh, Family Feud, one of their events, they do a sort of a Family Feud-esque thing. Yeah, they use that for you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Do you have any books? Okay, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, Landon, I really want to get better at sketching. Yeah. What's the one book? Like, you you can tell me one book that I should go get. What is it? Well, there's a good book uh ran across recently. Actually, a co-worker, Danielle, uh, brought this up the other day. Um, the name of the book is Drawing as a Means to Architecture um, by William Lockhart, I believe. And uh, it's sort of a, it's a good, even a ground zero, sort of if you've never drawn before, it explains the process. Not only does it, it doesn't just jump in and say, do this, do this, do this, and this is how you do it. It's sort of, there's almost like a, almost a philosophy he establishes around it. That book's like 60 years old. Yeah, it's though, 60 right? years old, but it's still, I mean, drawing hasn't changed since cavemen. I think it has. Extent. I think it has. Yeah, you know, we're not it's using a, we're not using our finger in Oog's blood to paint on rock. I was just doing that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's really good. Even not only as an architectural, uh, you know, how to book almost, not, um, but also just composition, line weights, uh, even patterns, which is something I need to work on. Which is the reason I kind of like the book is. Developing patterns like how you show stone versus, you know, something like wood, those sorts of things. Um, goes into perspectives, establishing blind contour, half blind contour, those sort of tools that try to get you to use your left brain more than sort of drawing what you think you know. So you, if I had to tell you the one book that I would tell you to go buy, mm-hmm. it's The Art of Star Wars. Art of Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. And it's the same buddy of mine, John Cathal, who told me about this book. Yeah. I have it. It's actually right behind you. Okay. Uh, on the in the bookcase pull it out and it's i'm not a star wars nerd like i can't tell you like what planet blew up <laughs> actually I, I think it's alderaan <laughs> I alderaan I, I think i know that one alderaan. but you know there are people that are crazy i, I mean I've, I've seen the movie crazy you said crazy crazy in a nice way yeah in a endearing way not in a <laughs> lock your doors and pull the covers uh, over your head way yeah Darth Vader mask. But he recommended this book and mm-hmm. it's really, really great book. And it's, you know, there's like five or six guys that are really f- highlighted in the book. And mm-hmm. they're the ones that created the backdrops, the sets, the scenes. They tried the character development. So they, yeah. like, you want to see what Jabba the Hutt 
looks mm-hmm. like. And here's like 12 different studies yeah, they did before really cool. they settled on what he looked like. Are there storyboards? They draw there's, storyboards There's storyboards in there. I think those are really, yeah, really there's cool. There's architectural drawings of how they mm-hmm. built like the set where Luke went to go train with Yoda. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what that... Swamp, right? Yeah. So in that book, they have construction drawings like where they show the sound stage mm-hmm. and they've shown like here's where the rocks go and here's where these trees are and here's where the water will be and they're dimensioned. I mean, they have dimension drawings dimension of like draw- the Millennium Falcon. Okay. Yeah. And you can look at them and there's hatching and there's pen weight and there's profile lines and there's shading and toning. Yeah. And it's really inspiring to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to know anything about Star Wars to look at these things and not only appreciate their artistic value, mm-hmm. but the technique that went behind it. And since it's really artwork from a bunch of different people, they're not all the same. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. some of them are, use oil, some use watercolor, some use pen, some use pencil. Um, they're amazing. And actually, they they make these books for just about every cool movie like that. Like, I think you can get, there's like the art of Star Wars, the art of mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, art of Indiana Jones and the Lost Tomb. Or, yeah, I've seen some for uh, video games as well. They have a lot of sort of storyboard yeah. sketching ideas i make it a point uh whenever i go in bookstores i kind of look for some of those yeah almost behind the scenes yeah like i told you we you know my family we went on a trip to ireland mm-hmm. and we had a 12 hour layover in london and we decided to pop over to the sound stage where they filmed harry potter oh yeah, yeah and yeah. they had all the models that they used for the film and they had the drawings and the production sketches like mm-hmm. just on the wall and they're amazing yeah I mean, they were so <laughs> incredible and and I look at it, and I'm so impressed. Like, there was construction drawings of a tree. Yeah, that's crazy. Sometimes, right? like, behind the behind the scenes sort of things are more amazing. Not more amazing, but equally as amazing as the finished product. Like, there's always little yeah. scaffolding that was used to build the product. Well, I always say, and this is true just about anywhere you want to apply it, but mm. if you can educate somebody on what a thing is, they'll appreciate it. And if they appreciate it, they'll value it, mm. right? And that's kind of a... Uh, one, two, three process that I think about all the time. And it kind of brings us full circle back to the value of sketching. You know, really what sketching is doing is helping you to communicate an idea to somebody in a way that they can understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I've talked a lot about how my sketches fit a very kind of particular method, the truth is, is my sketches always kind of adapt a little bit to the person I'm talking to. Yeah. So that what I'm trying to convey it can be internalized by them. So my sketches are different if I'm talking to a client. My sketches are different if I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sketches are different than if I'm talking to a contractor. Yeah, same way you would talk to someone else differently. You communicate the same kind of thing with drawing. Yeah, there's no question. And I don't think that it can be... I don't think we can underscore the point strongly enough that architects need to draw. It's important. We have ownership of this. This is something that just the general public at large thinks that this is something that we do. And it's because it used to be this is what we did. And the fact that we don't do it as much as we used to, I think is a shame. I think we're losing something in the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the output is being impacted by the fact that more people are leaning away from that kind of creative process where sketching is a part of the iterative process. Yeah. Yep. You know. If they go straight from, I have an idea in my head, and I'm going to start inputting it into the computer, I think we've missed a step. Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of gray area, or not gray area, yeah, like iteration, layers of iteration that happen 
I think, with sketching, which which creates it. That's why it's such a valuable tool. So we agree. Sketching is important. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to call that a wrap. Thank you for being with us for episode 0003, Sketching. I'm very grateful that you spent your time with us today. And if you liked this episode, and I'm going to say even if you didn't, we would appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast so you get fresh new episodes automatically downloaded to your podcast player of choice. If iTunes isn't your player of choice, uh, we're also available on Google Play, Tuned In, Android, and a bunch of other platforms. They're all free, and all you have to do is hit the subscribe button on your podcast listening app. Hopefully while you're there, it would be nice if you would leave us a rating. It actually does make a difference and allows us to keep this podcast rolling along. Be sure to visit the original lifeofanarchitect.com for show notes, links, info, and photos from this episode. Be sure to stick around to the very end, and we'll reward you with some of our outro tape that made me laugh, and hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. We're already looking forward to our next time together. Cheers. Hasta la vista. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like I don't drag my hand through my through my stuff anymore. That sounded weird. <laughs> through my stuff. Let's keep that in there. <laughs> through the stuff. Okay. Ye children of the forest, listen to my drawing. Okay, I don't know what that was. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. I don't know how to talk from someone in the eighteenth century. I just need to make sure like you're everyone always says you're a lot quieter. And if you come over here and look at when I talk, how loud it's recording versus how loud yours is, it's like, I'm awesome and you're terrible. It's like I'm shoving something down my throat. You kind of are. This, I drew some doodles and they were doodle-fied. And that's the tool that you want to do to make some doodles. Doodle tool? Doodle tool. Doodle tool. Is that actually a thing? No. I was... <laughs> 